Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Bears Coaches Show on this Monday night from PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. Jeff Joniak along with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus here until 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, then we'll join Monday Night Football in Progress from Mexico, Arizona, and San Francisco on AM. News continues nonstop on 105.9 FM tonight here on News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Good evening. How are you feeling? Uh, good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, the first topic is always when you start losing games on a re- on the regular a little bit here, four in a row. And, you know, we always ask the players how they're dealing with how is Matt Eberflus dealing in just the head coach, Matt Eberflus. Yeah, I mean, you look at it as a, in perspective. You know, we've lost three games by, what, seven points, uh, you know, in the last three weeks. So, um, total, you know, so we're working to uh, do a better job of executing at the end and finish. But, you know, I told the players that it's not only plays at the end, it's plays in, the, you know, throughout the game. There's always seven or eight plays um, that we need to improve on. In the team meeting today, I showed about 35 plays, offense, defense, and kicking, you know, sequential. And just to show them how we all we're all tied together, you know. For example, when we you know we caused that fumble on the punt, you know, you know, punt, punt, we punted it, and then we recovered it. We came back and didn't do anything with it in that particular time. But the defense went three and out. You know, we caused a takeaway, and then the offense went down and scored. Um, you know, so it's all tied together. You know, and uh, we got to play complimentary football throughout the, to- the course of the entire game. So for those who don't understand how you guys as coaches and players watch tape. Uh, the coach's tape is a version of a sideline view and an end zone view, and it's all offense and it's all defense. They're not like putting the kicks interspliced in there and the change of possessions. So I, I do find that interesting because I didn't know how you guys handle that, but typically you do offense separate, defense separate, special team separate. Do you, do you like the sequential? Will you continue to do that? Because it does deliver more of an impact. It's hard to get a sense of watching tape that way of where the game is at other than looking at the scoreboard and the yeah, down and I distance. Yeah, I showed good plays, too. You know, I showed a lot of good plays in there, a lot of things we did well. Um, but I also showed the six or seven plays that we could improve on uh, to win that football game. And uh, when you show it that way in front of your peers, I think that's very powerful um, because guys want to perform. They want to do well for the guy standing next to them because we got a tight football team. You know, the guys really uh, care about each other, and they work hard for each other, and I think it's important to them. This is always an age-old question, too. After a blowout, does it make more an impact, or does an impact more significant in a tight loss when you think, doggone it, just one play? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's impactful. You know, it's important to understand that every play does matter. That's why you have to be wired in every single play. Focus on your assignment. Focus on doing your job and do it swiftly. You know, and, and if you do that, um, your good things are going to happen. So I think it was a good team meeting. The guys really responded to it. And really at the end of the day, I said, hey, really a couple questions. You know, what can I do to do better You know, for the football team? You know, As and, head coach. Yeah. Yeah. So what, no, not well, everybody, each individual okay. asking okay. each guy, say, hey, what can I do? Including myself, you know, asking that question to myself too. And to everybody else is that, and how can I help? How can I help the guy next to me? How can I help the offense, the defense and kicking? You know, and then we got to work hard. We got to go back to work. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we got to be smart in our preparation. You know, of how we study, of how we really get the game plan in, and then how we execute. So that was really the message. Let's take the study part. There's an assumption you're a professional. You're going to do your work. How do you know if the studying is done in the proper context of what the job is? Because anybody could put on their iPad and just go through plays, but to study it and to understand what they're watching or what they have to do is a whole different. How, how do you monitor that? How do you know? 
Well, I mean, we do a lot of that in-house when we're here, you know, studying with the guys. And, uh, you know, they go back and watch their own tape for sure. Um, but it's just about learning the plays, you know, learning the defenses, and then how I fit myself into those defenses versus the plays or versus the offensive plays versus the coverages, you know, in the fronts. And just visualizing that as you go through the tape, you know, put yourself in there in a successful mode of making plays in the game. Do you get a sense based on the team you're playing that you know what you have, you know, you believe in what you are going to do against a particular scheme? It could be any of the three phases. Right. We got a, like a gnawing feeling in your stomach. I don't know. I don't know if this group is really understanding exactly what's going to take place on Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. think you have that sometimes. Um, you know, obviously coaches always go through the what-ifs, you know, the contingency plans, and I think that's important for a coach to be able to do that to set his players up for success. So how many times, or I'm assuming you do it daily, you start asking yourself, what well, can I do better? You as head coach, like day-to-day. Yeah. -day, like absolutely, this is absolutely. You do that, and, you know, the coordinators are doing the same thing. You know, we all, we all have to do that. You know, what can we do better, um, you know, in terms of our, our coaching, our teaching, our playing, you know, the performances that we're handling there and then doing a better job. You're a light bulb guy, I'm certain. So if a light bulb goes off, you run into somebody's office. If you're not already scheduled in a meeting, is that the case with Matt Eberflus? Yeah, oh, yeah. We're always in constant communication, you know, how we can improve on all three phases, and uh, we'll continue to do that. We always assume players uh, take these losses uh, very similarly, but everybody's different. But the key is everybody's now starting to ask questions in, in the media here. Okay, it's six games to go, you know, Season's over. Let's look a look ahead, and you don't want that trickling into a player. And I thought David Montgomery was great today. He goes, "Hey, we're professionals, man. It's about the next game. Right. It's about me being that one eleventh, and hopefully, guys like that, leadership roles like that, can spread that to a young t football team. Because again, a lot of these guys have not experienced this kind of losing from yeah. their college days. Yeah, these guys are real, these guys are true professionals. They do a great job of resetting their minds every single week and staying determined." you know, prepare in the same way, and they're going to get to work this week. All right, let's start talking about the game a little bit. But first, you know, you're not going to talk about Justin Fields and where he's at right now in terms of health. We'll hear about it on Wednesday. But just an overall level of concern uh, with the cumul cumulative hits and so forth and things he's going through. Where is it at for Matt Eberflus? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, we always talk to him. I've been saying this for a month now since we started, you know, you know changing the offense and adjusting to his style a little bit is that we always got to be smart how we do things. We got to be smart, um, you know, how we slide, how we get out of bounds, and, and how we utilize, you know, Justin in that offense. And uh, he's been doing a good job. You know, yesterday, you know, that play at the very end, you know, he's just got to put a little bit more gas on it and get out of bounds, you know, and, and so he doesn't take that hit. And, uh, you know, some of the keepers and all those things, we got to do a good job of coaching him up to get rid of the ball and throw it to the flat, let that runner run the ball in the flat rather than him taking it and trying to get to the sideline. So, there's like little nuances there we can keep improving on. And people always then assume because, well, he did run well. I mean, the, the yardage was still there. They did play him differently. And your good friend, Dean Pease, one of your mentors, have they unlocked how to stop a quarterback like this? Uh, I would just say that's, that's one way to do it. Um, you know, I'm obviously it's a copycat league. They see what works. You know, so we'll have a plan for that. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. Snap. Fields looking to throw down the seam. Oh. One in catch. Cole Komet snake it out of thin air. Inside the Falcon 30 down near the 26. Are you serious? Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show here from Hallis Hall with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Just heard the uh, tremendous catch and tremendous throw by Justin Fields uh, in an area where he, the six foot six guy can go up and get it. 
but he took a hit in the process. Uh, what did you love about that whole playing sequence? Yeah, it was a, it was a, obviously a good play call by Getze. Uh, did a really nice job. You know, we're in that fringe, you know, midfield area to be able to take that shot there. So I think it was really good by him. And then really by uh, Pringle. You know, Pringle really had a good route where he was taking up the middle of the field and took the middle field safety out of that seam area that was in top of the numbers where we caught the ball there. So it was a four-strong play where all guys are out four-strong um, and the whole league does it. Um, you know, but it was the timing of the call was excellent. And obviously the catch, the throw and catch was outstanding. I think he was number one in the Sports Center top ten today, I believe. It has but, to uh, be. It's one of the best catches I, of the year. Yeah, I got a, I got word of that just a little bit ago. So, But uh, it was a really good uh, play by him, excellent focus and concentration. And those guys are really building a good chemistry together. Would a play like that, I'm not, I'm not suggesting by any means he doesn't trust or see Cole in the red zone, but as you get closer to the red zone, plays like that, does that live in the memory of a quarterback Oh. I threw it way up there. He went and got it. Can you do that? Well, it was like, that work? like the week before was he threw it way up yeah. there, you know, yeah. and, and he caught it. So it's, uh, I think, chemistry uh, between a, a quarterback and a receiver or tight end is very important. You know, it's about trusting each other, knowing where each other is going to be, where the ball is going to be placed, and those guys are growing that way. What did you notice in the pocket with Justin in this particular game throughout the course of the day? Yeah, I thought it was good. It was good, and, and I thought he made some, you know, dynamic throws. Uh, you know, obviously the one to Mooney in the end zone and, you know, obviously the one on the run to, to Demo was was outstanding. Um, you know, so it was good. And, again, I thought they had some good pressure um, on, on the Atlanta side, so you got to make sure, you know, you give those guys credit. Uh, they did rush us pretty decent, and uh, but uh, I thought overall it was good. That, that one uh, – and I don't remember the outcome again. I know it was a completion. He scrambled around for what Next Gen Stats said was 33 yards. Yep. Remember the play? Yeah, I it forget. Said it was the, like 12 seconds or something. Yeah, it was yeah. 33 yards. It was a third down. It was a third down. It was in the in the high red zone, I believe, or the fringe area. And he threw it over to really good job by EQ, staying alive in that scramble drill, uh, and then turning up and getting the yardage for the first down. But uh, uh, that just shows his athleticism. Play to Montgomery, the wheel route down the sidelines, uh, directing traffic, the Cole, and Darnell last week, this week. Does it it make you pleased to see him challenging his receivers to make those catches? Yeah. I mean, those guys are, are really doing a good job. Like I said, we're building chemistry. Um, it's important that we keep doing that, um, you know, and we spread the ball around. It's important that we keep spreading the ball around to the backs, all the receivers and the tight ends. Uh, what did you think about the running game yesterday, aside from Justin? Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Um, it's been better for us um, in terms of the yardage. You know, we really look at averages uh, more than anything. And, uh, you know, we're always shooting for a, a big average there. But, uh, you know, the guys really do a good job of moving the front, you know, and we just got to do a good job of, of sticking it, you know, in there where, you know, where it's, it's blocked up well and not dance around in the hole and do a good job of making sure we're sticking it in there. Got his feet wet a little bit in Tristan Ebner. What would you think? Uh, he was solid. He was solid. Again, a couple of plays that he was in, you know, we end up, you know, end up missing a block or two sometimes, and and uh, either by the the defense did a good job or we just, you know, didn't uh, perform the way we wanted to. But uh, he did solid overall play of the offensive line. Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, it was solid at times. Uh, again, we gave up four sacks, so obviously we don't want to do that. Um, you know, so we got that's that's also protection and quarterback at the same time. But uh, overall, we thought it was solid. 
Uh, you're getting asked a lot about the last series of plays because Justin, you know, with the cramping, yep. a part of that and all that. I, I, I didn't hear your press conference today. How yep. did you address those uh, questions? Yeah, so we, you know, end up running them on the first one. I just, you know, we told, told Justin today, he said, hey, make sure you get out of bounds. You know, you don't need to take that hit. You know, so that's an important one. And really the second play, there was a miscommunication there between Demo and the quarterback where that was really a halfback draw. We did not run him there. He's supposed to sit, sit there and just do halfback draw. It was a well-designed play. It was good. And uh, but uh, so we just got to perform better there on that one. So, you know, over and then the last play, you know, we just got to, you know, he's got to keep his feet in his platform. You know, end up jumping yeah, on the play did. and keep his feet underneath him and just deliver the check down. There's nothing wrong with that. We had plenty of time. I think it was 147. We had three timeouts and we end up using it one timeout because of the injury. So it was, you know, right in that range with two timeouts. So we had plenty of time uh, to get the ball down there to tie it or to beat him with a touchdown. Can you, um, Point to any weariness about these fourth quarter situations of the ball in your hand and not finishing to get that that, that, that doubt will creep into the offense in that particular no. set of circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, again, like like I said last week, we're gonna have to see it in the practice field before we, in a consistent basis before we'll see it in the game in a consistent basis. So that's with anything, any skill that you want to get better at. Like for example, red zone, we improved on the red zone. Why? Because we you know improved in practice. We got it done in practice. We started seeing touchdowns in practice, started seeing execution in practice, and lo and behold, there it is. Shows up in the games, and it's no different than two-minute or any other situation. All right, I want to pick up that thought when we come back. Fields cuts inside, left to the end zone. Touchdown, touchdown Bears. Four-yarder by Justin Fields, another rushing touchdown. That will be number seven this season for Fields, and the Bears lead 16-7 here in Atlanta. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, and calling all Bears fans, get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting chicagobearsvip.com. I just heard the Justin Fields touchdown run, Matt. That's now seven for the season. He and Jalen Hurts of Philadelphia, best numbers in that category in the league, and you would expect that from these two guys right now. Yeah, no doubt. They're, they're really special guys, you know, and uh, that play was blocked up really well. You know, that was a sweep, you know, to our left and, you know, obviously a great cut by Justin, you know, to cut that thing up. But, man, it's uh, it was blocked really well at the point of attack by everybody involved, including the receivers, tight ends, and the offensive line. And Atlanta's uh, color analyst on radio is uh, my Iowa State classmate, David Archer, the former quarterback in the NFL, and he texted me after the game. Good to see you. That he goes, man, Justin Fields on the power sweep. With those big guys up front pulling, that's pretty much unstoppable. That was his takeaway from the whole game, that one particular play, which has occurred many times here in the last several weeks. What do you love about that play? Uh, well, it's just uh, utilizing our skill sets, you know, where he can feel that, you know, and work himself to the sideline um, or cut it up if he needs to. But, uh, you know, we're really good at that play, you know, the pin and poles, you know, the, 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 you know, the series we have there. Uh, we do it with halfbacks, we do it with receivers, we do it with Justin, so it's a, it's a good design for us. I want to go back from our last segment toward the end of it. You're talking about what happens on the practice field, red zone, for example. If it's showing up on the practice field, it's going to show up on Sunday. Are, are, you, are you trying to say on the fourth quarter stuff that it's not necessarily showing up on the practice field either to your satisfaction? Well, it's like we just said, it's got to be consistent. You know, we got to be consistently performing there. Um, you know, we have to create situations for ourselves, a little bit more of those. Um, to put a more emphasis on it, um, which we've done and will continue to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what it is. You, you have to see it in practice. The skill has to be done in practice over and over and over again before, and so you don't have to think about it before it's done in the games. We've talked about the 
changes on the offensive line due to circumstances uh, over the course of the season, seven and 11 games. Uh, you got that. You got the introduction of Clay- Chase Claypool. You got the introduction of Tristan Ebner. You got the introduction of Byron Pringle after so many weeks. That's just on the offensive side. Defense speaks for itself. A lot of new faces there as well. Overall, and I'm not suggesting this is the case. I'm just asking mental errors. Do you see an elevation in that or pretty good despite an introduction of all these new moving parts? Yeah, I mean, there's always a learning curve uh, there that you go through with those those individuals as, as they increase their playing time or come in from a different organization or whatever that may be. So there's always a learning curve there. That's why we have to be really smart with how we teach. You know, we've hired a bunch of good teachers. Um, these guys are outstanding at what they do. And, you know, they can limit those, you know, by teaching the guys the right way and also limiting the packages when those guys are in there so we're not asking them to do too much. Um, that's offense, defense, or kicking. But uh, we have to have a delicate balance there. For those who say, hey, Chase Claypool's a veteran receiver, let him run a nine route. Go, go get it, you know, a few times a game. What do you say to people when they make those kind of comments? Um, you know, I always say that, you know, we're going to try to utilize our skill the best we can. And, again, we always – you know, can't get the ball to everybody all the time. But uh, it's important to understand that we know who Chase is. You know, he's, he's a dynamic receiver, and we're, we're excited about getting him going. All right, there's a, a major discussion about this, and I got upset on the air yesterday about it, just the, the lack of consistency with the hits on the quarterback. Is there a potential issue here with because he runs so much that the officials are just looking at it differently as opposed to a guy sitting in the pocket and scrambling? I, I, I don't know. I'm grasping at this because I don't want to hear the narrative. This is me talking, not Matt Eberflus, everybody. But I don't want to hear the narrative that he's a young quarterback. He's not getting the breaks. This is not NBA basketball, and Michael Jordan gets the breaks that you know a first-year point guard's not getting. This is NFL football. It, it's 32 starting quarterbacks. They all should be treated the same way on these things. Where's your thought on this, and how are you dealing with it? Yeah, I think how is I, he dealing with it? Yeah, I said it earlier in the press conference uh, at the podium today. Really, it's just about being consistent, you know, and these guys are special. You know, all these quarterbacks that play in the NFL, they're special guys. It's a special position, and we have to protect those guys. Uh, if it's Justin, you know, certainly protect him, but, you know, all of them. You know, on the sideline, you got to do a great job making sure that we do a good job protecting the guys there. And when they're in the field of play, we got to make sure we do a great job protecting them there when they slide and also when they're in the pocket, you know. And uh, we just got to do a really good job of that as a league. Which brings me to Kyler Gordon. Blitz gets to the quarterback. Thought he just kind of swiped up at the feet of Marcus Mariota. He gets flagged for that. Yeah, I thought that's a good call. You okay. Know, yep, yep. He ended up, you know, falling – you know, and it was, wasn't, you know, no one's fault. He just fell at the end of that blitz, um, and then he fell right into his legs. You know, when you do that, that's that's going to be called. You can't do that. Fields now looking to check down, now looking to roll. Now he throws down the right sideline, makes the catch on the adjustment. David Montgomery inside the 20 of Atlanta to the 18-yard line. Great seats available to see your Chicago Bears this season at Soldier Field. Get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus. Just heard the 32-yard strike. We touched on it early in the show. Justin, just a perfect, as you call it, a dime drop. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, no doubt. It was it was really good, and uh, you know that play right there was actually designed to throw it down the middle of the field. You know, it was supposed to be a shot. You know, so um, if you go back and look at that play for sure, you know we had you know Mooney down the middle. You know, and that was that was an important you know right there, and then we ended up not taking that. He ended up tucking it away, and then Mooney did a great or Montgomery did a great job of working to the sideline, 
and it was a really good throw, and it just shows you the, the arm talent that he has to be able to throw on the move. Let's talk about the defensive front seven overall. And there are more blitzes again. Guys are getting there. Um, uh, one hit on the quarterback, I think, in general. But how did you feel about it all? Yeah, I thought we did decent. You know, obviously, I think uh, Mariota, you know, ended up tucking the ball a lot and running, you know, um, a handful of times. You know, so that to me is pressure. We just didn't hit hit the quarterback. We got to do a better job of fronting the quarterback in our rush lanes, you know, making sure that we don't have those big pockets that he can rush into. Um, you know, it's four equals one, we say, for the defensive line, so they always have to play off each other. And it's it's important when they only have a four-man rush, you got six gaps. So you got to make sure that you're filling up those gaps by being smart, level rushing back when you get past the quarterback. You know, the, the D tackles have to do a good job of knowing where the center's sliding and making sure they, they have the front, the quarterback, and get the pocket taken care of so there's not those big B-gap rush lanes to rush into. This is a thing, though. Like, Justin gets a ton of those. Aaron Rodgers gets a ton of those. Yep. Why certain quarterbacks do those open up that way? I, I don't know. Well, it's the athleticism. You know, you just mentioned, you know, uh, Aaron and uh, Justin and then Marcus. They're all athletic guys. They all can run. They all can move. You know, so those guys are, you know, able to slide into those, you know, B-gap holes and then be able to run or, or throw through those windows. Without the consistent pressure, or, or pressure's good, but if it gets home, hey, that's a, that's a win, obviously. What, if you can put in context, is the pressure right now on the secondary? And, it, and it's a young secondary overall. Yeah, I mean, you, when, you, when you send extra guys, you know, you open up these lanes, you know, in the passing game. So we expect those guys to hold up. You know, if we're going to call those plays, we expect them to hold up and we expect them to do that. And it is added pressure on them. But uh, for us to get pressure right now, we have to have extra additional rushers coming from the safety level, linebacker level, nickel level, and also our defensive line as well. So we're going to continue to do that. And, uh, you know, it's exciting uh, for the guys that are blitzing. You know, Sanborn's a really good blitzer. You saw him, you know, you know come in there and, and bring it against the halfback there yesterday a couple times. So we'll get those guys going again. How have, in your opinion, they responded to that pressure, the back end? Uh, good. I mean, they've been good. You know, obviously we, we, you know, have some, you know, completions on us, you know, once in a while, but uh, that's ex to be expected. You know, we want our blitzes to get home. Sometimes they protect them up, you know, and they get the ball off. We just got to make sure that our secondary guys compete through the down. You know, we always tell them time and space is on your side. So you got the balls in the air. That's the time where you can close, right, the space. You got to close the space. And then you have to do a great job at the catch point of finishing through the catch point. Um, with your violent hands to disrupt that catch. Defense gave up two touchdowns. They took the ball away. Once again, the offense outscored the opposing. I think it's three times in a row, uh, but it's these doggone returns that happen. With, you know, it's all three phases. Uh, yeah, well, you look at it, there's been four non-traditional touchdowns, four games in a row. You had, you oh, had four games, okay. Yeah, so you had, uh, you know, Micah Parsons, uh, fumble return. Forgot about that uh, one. You had the block punt. Uh, the next game, right on the with the uh, the kid from Miami down there, pick okay, six. So, yep, and then you had a pick six, and you had this one return. So, again, we have to do a good job of all three phases because that is all three phases of, of of not giving those up and being disciplined in our kicking game and also being disciplined. Um, you know, if we do have a situation on offense that we tag the guy down or get him on the ground and make sure we don't get those uh, non-traditional. Well, they often say a return touchdown. Chances of winning go way up. Just one return touchdown for whoever whoever pulls it off. So it's proving yep. to be true here in this case. Dennis Jones, 15, middle of the field, 20, right at the 30. He's got the sideline right, and he's popped thigh 
high at the 44-yard line or so of the Atlanta Falcons. Draw up a great game plan with Jewel Asco's lineup of fan favorites. Whether it's a bucket of chicken wings or tasty taco dip, you'll find freshness at your fingertips with every shopping trip. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus with us here until 8 o'clock tonight. We just heard the 55-yard kickoff return by Bayless Jones Jr. Good to see it. Uh, slight little bobble at the beginning, but, man, his speed was visible. He just felt it. So that was exciting. Had to be very big for him just to get that monkey off his back, so to speak. You know, it was great to uh, get him back in there in the lineup, you know. So we went with six receivers uh, last week and only four safeties. So we ended up adjusting our lineup a little bit, and we felt that was good before our kicking team, for our kicking game. You know, he was on all the cover teams. Um, you know, he obviously was on the kick return team. And, uh, you know, so he did a nice job uh, in all of the phases that he was in. Um, and then referring back to the kickoff return, you know, he did a really good job. That's what he does well, right? You know, that's one of our, our favorite returns that we have. And he's really good at it because he has really good speed. You know, there was some good blocks in there for sure from the guys, you know, protect, you know, kick, you know blocking for him. And, uh, but he really took it, you know, 55 yards. It was great and set up our first score. How important is it for him to adapt and learn uh, and be a, a big factor in the coverage? Because you look at a guy like Cordell Patterson, Everyone forgets how great of a of a cover guy he is. He is he was great here, right? Great here. Can Valus be that type of guy over time? And and to no, he's working at it. He's working at it. He worked super hard at, at practice. You know, he got his opportunity to be up again, and he took that opportunity. You know, made the most of it, and we expect him to do that every single week. Again, this could be a different week. I don't know exactly what we're doing uh, now in terms of the numbers, who's where, and all that. But uh, we'll figure that out as we go. But uh, um, but certainly good to see him in there. What was your view on the uh, Cordero Patterson record breaker? Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, a dynamic returner and a dynamic player, very strong, uh, very, very fast. Um, we just got to do a good job of, of keeping balance in our cover teams. You know, when we get displaced a little bit, you know, six on one side, four on the other, when you got a middle return there, you got to have, you know, five guys on each side, then you got to have a good, you know, good job with the safety squeezing in there to make those plays. Um, so we got to do a good job of keeping the left pad players on, on, on the right and the right pad players on the left. So um, that's important for our cover teams. I had to break that play down on the um, TV show last night. Uh, I, you're saying this, it was kicked down the middle, but you felt it was a middle return because he did start out veering to his right, and there was a, a, a mass of bodies there. Then, then that one cut and thing started to open up some daylight. So Yeah, the, well, the good returners do that. They set you up. Okay. They make it look like a bounce return and, and, you know, up the middle and vice versa. So those guys are really good at setting it up. Devin was great at that. You know, uh, he's good at that. So it's uh, – those guys, the elite guys are good How at that. How about the effort of Elijah Hicks on that one? Because he did trip him up, stumbled into the end zone because uh, there's a quote about it from uh, Cordero. He says, I, w- I want to know who was fast enough to get me on my heels at that point in the game. He wanted to know who 37 was. Now, that's a that's a nice thought yeah. for the young guy, but – Effort was good, and was Elijah that fast? <laughs> no, the effort effort is good on, on all in all three phases, and uh, you know it's continuing to be good. But uh, we have to, you know, we got a lot of speed on this team. You know, we're going to continue to build uh, team speed, you know, through the draft and you know player acquisition. And he's not, no different. You know, we got him in the draft last year, and he's a, he's a good uh, a good guy. Let's go through this again because with the, with those return touchdowns and the, and how close you guys have been. And it hasn't just been in recent weeks. As we've touched on before, you can go to the Giants game and three goal to goals, and there were so many opportunities. People look at the roster and they say, okay, this is not a star-studded roster. 
You got Justin Fields. You got some established veterans in Montgomery and Komet, and you got Eddie. But by and large, this is a roster that has been put together uh, with a lot of new bodies, and they're still in games all the way to the end. At the same time, you're on the doorstep of all. I mean, what does that say about what the Bears are right now in 2020? No, it's, it says, I think it says a lot. I mean, we have five games where we are, you know, I think within a score, you know, um, obviously we said the last three games within seven total points, you know, so. I think you've had the lead in 10 games. Yeah, so so we're right there. So we just got to learn how to, how to do a good job of, you know, continuing to execute through the game. You know, we get those 10-point leads and, and do a great job of being consistently, um, you know, executing in those moments. Uh, let's talk about uh, Jaquan Brisker. He had 11 tackles, very active once again, forced to fumble. Uh, love when he and Eddie are really active back there. I mean, there's always the thought you don't want your secondary leading in tackles, but you know, he's also playing close to the line of scrimmage, so he's, right. he's going to be in a p- good position. How do you look at that, and how, how do you look at his performance as he continues to build his rookie season? No, he's doing, he's doing a really good job. He's, he's tackling well. He's, he's obviously a very good hitter. Um, he's a very good blitzer, so we like to use him in, in that role a lot. Um, and he's, he's good at taking the ball away. You know, he's had some good takeaways this year, and he's, he's a ball hawk, you know, and that's what we want from our safeties. Um, you know, so his his role will increase as we go and, and, and see where it goes from there. Snap is back against a four-man rush. Good protection, slings it to the left corner of the end zone, up in the air for the catch. Darnell Mooney for the touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. 16-yard strike from Fields to Mooney. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, our final segment tonight. A reminder, Monday Night Football will be coming up for you 780 AM listeners. It'll be the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers in Mexico. News will continue nonstop on 105.9 FM. Uh, here with Matt Eberflus, just heard uh, Darnell Mooney's touchdown catch. And this has been building every week. The numbers are there. The connection continues to grow. All that work paying off. Uh, do you like where these two are at in particular? Yeah, I mean it's it's been good, and the guys keep working. You know, those guys spend every practice, you know, forty five minutes afterward on the field. You know, throwing and catching, running the routes that we're running for that particular week. You know, going through the plays and making sure they have their timing down. And uh, they've been working every single week. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday after practice, and I think it's important and it's paying off. Um, you know, when you work at something, and you get that timing down, and it becomes second nature to you. Um, I think it's what you're starting to see. Want to touch on Kyler Gordon? Um, he made some really tremendous tackles in that game. Uh, the technique and the, the battling bigger bodies like he has, the toughness he shows. Let, let's talk about that, and then the learning of what's going on in the pass defensive category, like that end zone touchdown to the rookie Drake London running across the back of the end zone to a postage stamp. He's ch- trailing the play against a six-four guy with big wingspan. Perfect throw there late in the in the down. Yeah, I think first of all he's doing he's doing well. You know, obviously, like you said, he made a lot of good tackles in the open field, and that's what we want our, our nickel back to do. He's got to be able to make those tackles. Um, he's continuing to be uh, more proficient at blitzing, um, and we're going to continue to send him that way. Um, but there's a lot of things to learn inside, and then we ask him to play outside too, which is good. Um, and that one, uh, the touchdown you're referring to there, he's just got to be better at the start. You know, he's got to have his feet. Um, in a good position there he's got to be able to collect that guy within the five yard range and then stay attached to him and then if you get behind you just got to keep finishing you know like i said time and space is on your side just keep finishing the play you know you know certainly when Mariota is running uh working that side he's got to take the ball you know and square his shoulders back up you know before he throws it so that's another tick you can have on your side too So maybe the guy's thinking he's just going to run it in instead of throwing it 
Yeah, but you got you got to get over to cover your guy, you know. And and like I said, it was really about the initial part of it. Um, he's got to do a better job at the start of that down. All right, Jack Sanborn. He, what's the tackling on a guy like Mariota? What is it the same as you teach? Period, or because you're on the move and dealing with a blocker, how do you handle that? Yeah, I think that you know every quarterback you tackle differently. Okay, uh, I think you study that. It's the same thing with you know the runners. Obviously, we have the you know the one basic tackle we have, the hamstring tackle. Yeah. We tackle low. Um, and I think we got to do a better job than we did yesterday on that. We thought we tackled too high at times on both those runners. Um, certainly on the on the third down and one when Jack had him in the backfield. You know, we yeah, had that's it. the one. That's a huge play there, and that was on Cordero. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that well, was. that just shows you what kind yeah. of instincts that Jack has. That was not a pressure. That was just normal ball. That was, we were just playing normal single high ball there, and he kept scraping to his gap, and you know, catching him in the backfield there because he he read it so fast, and then. At that point, he's got to go low, you know, and he ended up trying to go high, and obviously he dealt with a, a strong person there, and he ended up shucking him off and then getting it back to fourth and two, you know. So that would have been huge right there because we'd have had him in fourth and six potentially, and then they got to make a decision. Are we going for it there? Are we going to punt and pin at that moment? And then if they did that, then we just need a field goal to, to win the game. Yeah, loving how he's playing, though. Loving how he's playing. Yeah, he's doing great. Uh, again, he's been in there, what, three games now, I believe. You know, really doing a good job. He's a starting Mike linebacker, and it's not too big for him. And uh, he's continuing to improve. Uh, Matt Adams getting in there. Uh, Joe Thomas made some more pl big plays. Just having those veterans in the rotation there. How's that work? Yeah, Joe's been. Joe did a nice job. You know, Joe's a, a, a likes to hit. You know, he's a very physical uh, young man, and uh, he made a nice tackle on that last drive. Uh, you know, on Mariota in the open field. So we talked. We pointed it out in the team meeting today. But uh, he's doing well for us. And then. What are you encouraging Dominique Robinson to focus on the rest of the season? I would just say work on the hits principle, you know, making sure that you're, you know, giving great effort, your intensity's right, um, technique's got to be great, um, continuing to improve his run technique, um, his pass rush, you know, what, what's his fastball and what's his secondary move, and uh, just, just keep working. And uh, he's, doing, he's doing a good job of that, um, you know, and he's uh, continuing to improve. Now it's time to look ahead, brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook partner of the Bears, back on the road to Jersey this time to meet the Jets, so you're familiar with the stadium anyway, having played the Giants. Uh, boy, they lose a heartbreaker. Five seconds remaining, an 84-yard punt return by Marcus Jones of the Patriots. Uh, they've lost 14 in a row to New England, and the Jets now 6-5. and five. Um, There might have been a block in the back on that, you know, on, one of the, on the punt return, but who knows. But that's a, that's a very... Hard way to lose a football game. Yeah, I mean, they've won, what, five out of the last seven. You know, and they lost in two of those here to the Patriots. You know, they lost by seven yesterday, and I don't know, obviously by, what is it, five the time before. So um, they got a good football team. You know, they had a they had a rebuilding football team. You know, last year they, they acquired a lot of players, and they've added a lot of talent to that roster. So um, they're playing at a high level. Their defense is, you know, I think, I know it's top ten in the league, um, doing a really good job. Obviously, they, they, they believe in running the football and, and, and those types of things, but uh, they got a good football team um, this year for sure. Now, Robert Sala, the head coach, Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, and Jeff Ulbrich, the defensive coordinator coming over from San Francisco. Zach Wilson uh, getting a lot of heat out there right now, struggling a little bit, but it's a typical uh, progress with a, with a young quarterback, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like just like anything else, you know, it's a week to week, you know, NFL is a week to week proposition and uh we're just going to have to put our best foot forward and, and uh really perform well there in New York. Uh, hey, you touched on their defense uh, being uh, people are raving about it, but Quinnen Williams, a young defensive lineman has eight sacks. He's he's really starting to emerge. Yep. And uh this Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, which I'm sure you looked at on tape. Yep. Um 
not letting anybody catch the football. <laughs> I mean, really something. No, that's the, both those guys are high draft picks, you know, and and uh, they've done a good job in their performance of that. And uh, it's 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 really, um, you know, an attacking front. You know, they really get up the field like San Francisco does. Um, the linebackers are downhill, um, they, you know, based out of a 4-3 front. And uh, they play a lot of quarters. You know, they play a lot of single high. And it's really just good basic football that they play and good fundamentals and technique. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it, Bears head coach. Matt Eberflus, again, we've got Monday Night Football coming up on 780 AM. News continues on 105.9 FM. I want to thank Andy Gersher, Lisa Fielding, Dan Brilli, and Jordan Tretta. For head coach Matt Eberflus, I'm Jeff Joniak. We'll talk to you next week from New Jersey where the Jets play host pregame at 9, kickoff at noon. This is News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Good night, everybody.